like to welcome you to Hopeful Conversations, hosted by Jody Aiken and Carolyn Reese. We are so excited you are joining our conversations. Our mission today is to encourage and challenge you as well as fill you with hope from God's Word. Just like the psalmist said in Psalms 103 verse 5, I wait for the Lord and my soul waits, and in His Word I hope. We thank you for joining us today on Hopeful Conversations and pray you will grow in the waiting and rely on hope from God's Word. I now give you Jody and Carolyn. Welcome back to Hopefield Conversations. I'm Jody and I'm Carolyn. We are so excited today to be joined in the studio with Jennifer Faulkner from Christian Adoption Services. Thank you for being here, Jennifer. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we are so excited to be talking about um, adoption and foster care and the role that Christian Adoption Services is playing in just ministering to birth moms and vulnerable children. So we are so excited for this episode today. Yeah, it's going to um, be good. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So Jennifer, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I grew up here in Rocky Mount. I am a Rocky Mount native, uh, born and raised here. I have two children. My husband is from this area as well. Just love this area and um, passionate about serving Nash County in the Rocky Mount area mm-hmm. and spreading the message of adoption. Yeah. Um, it, there isn't anything more passionate I can think of <laughs> or, or, or any other area in life that God called me to serve than adoption. Awesome. That's awesome. So like I said, you're at Christian Adoption Services. Can you tell us about what you do there, what your role is there? Yes. So in 2004, I met a lovely young lady named Cheryl Naylor. We were introduced <laughs> at a baby shower. Oh, wow. And I was not prepared for, you know, this life-changing ministry that was going to be kind of sat in my lap at this baby shower for a, for a mutual friend that we had. Wow. And she was sharing with me about what she did. And I have a background. My um my degree is in actually criminal justice, but I felt more called to to serve in um, vulnerable populations. So okay. when I graduated from college in the year of 2000, I served women who were in domestic violence relationships. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I noticed that there was a lot of brokenness in families. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of children who were struggling in vulnerable populations. And I felt an emptiness there, like there was an answer that maybe we lacked serving those populations, but I didn't know what until I met Cheryl in 2004 at this baby shower, like I said, and she asked me to come and work for Christian Adoption Services as a domestic adoption coordinator, serving expected women who are considering adoption. So that is what I'm doing 18 years later and serving women, um, meeting with them who are in in a spot in their life where they're just not in a position to parent. Mm-hmm. And um, that seemed very foreign to me in 2004. It made sense, but I wasn't quite sure how I was going to be able to connect with women who, okay, they're going to, they're pregnant, but they're not going to take their baby home. Yeah. But as I started to have conversations with women, I thought, okay, here's the answer I was looking for when I graduated from college and I started serving these, you know, young ladies. And okay, I'm like, okay, we're, You've got a, a, a young lady here who's in a vulnerable spot, and she can choose a family mm-hmm. to serve or to that mm-hmm. would take her baby mm-hmm. and, you know, care for that child. Yeah. And she could have open adoption should she choose to. Yeah, yeah. So Wow, um, that's awesome. Yeah. It seems like the Lord just really 
led all those choices, your education, Connected everything. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. God's divine or, um, orchestrating all, yeah. that, all that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. So you say that women will come to you and you'll counsel them. Do you, sh- like, how do you do that? Do you share the gospel with them? Do you present different you know, options. What do you, what do you do? So women, expectant moms come to us in yeah. different stages of their pregnancy. Yeah. Some expectant moms are exploring the possibility of adoption. They may be exploring abortion mm-hmm. and they may be exploring the option of parenting too. And they may be early on, like let's say they're six weeks or a few months. Okay. And then there are other moms who are maybe they're 36 weeks, they're 37 weeks. And they're like, okay, I'm at the end of my pregnancy. I've been thinking about adoption and I'd like to to make an adoption plan. Mm -hmm. Now, if we have a young lady that comes to us and decides, okay, um, you know, I'm at that spot in my life. We start to talk about how do you, you know, what do you want your adoption to look like? Are you leaning more towards an open adoption where you can have communication with the adoptive family and your baby? Are you leaning more towards a semi-open adoption where you would like the agency to be the mediator between Mm. your adoption? Or are you desiring a closed adoption at this season of your life, but want to open it at a different, um, you know, several years from now or a few months from now, whatever they choose? Mm. And then we have expectant moms or birth parents, as you would say, Mm -hmm. that have delivered a baby in the hospital. Mm -hmm. They realize they're not in a season to parent and they call us. Wow. And agencies will refer to us, hospitals, pregnancy centers. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Rocky Mount Pregnancy Center is a great um, good friend of ours who we work hand in hand together and we serve these expectant moms who you know, who maybe aren't ready to parent. So they'll call us and say, you know, we have an expectant mom here. Can you meet with her? Mm-hmm. And and for those women who are what in whatever stage of pregnancy, mm-hmm. you know, we will meet with them. We will definitely share the gospel with them because we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. Number one, we feel like adoption is biblical. Yeah. And this is one way we can serve is to be able, A, to first meet her needs You know, does she need food? Does she need clothing? Does she need shelter? And then work on an adoption plan. Mm. Um, I always say the first step is the longest stride. And it's got to be very, very scary to pick up that phone and make that first phone call Mm. and say, hey, you know, I'm not ready to parent. Mm -hmm. And And I say this, you know, I've been doing this for 18 years. No one dreams of growing up and placing their child for adoption. Right. right. But thank goodness this option does exist. And that we can help her make a fully informed decision where she can be in the driver's seat. She can be in full control of her decisions and she has the decision to be able to still communicate with that family and that baby. You talked about how scary it is to pick up that phone. Oftentimes when I talk to women that aren't sure they're considering abortion or parenting, just really not sure. I remind them that it's a conversation. It just starts. It's not a commitment. You call and the, the more you are informed the wiser you are as you make your you can your decision you're you're better informed in making that decision mm-hmm. and it doesn't hurt ever to have a conversation and gather that information mm-hmm. and i totally agree with that because when you meet a mom in a hospital who hasn't had those conversations yeah. who wasn't presented the option of adoption whether it was with a provider that she visited or a pregnancy center maybe in another county mm-hmm. whatever it is um it's a lot more confusion, a lot more um, angst as they're moving forward, making a decision 
a lot more quickly than let's say they, you know, met with us around three months of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So um, as Christians, as the church, I feel like we're obligated to share the message of adoption. If we see someone who's in a vulnerable position, who's expecting a baby, Mm -hmm. and it is okay to share the option of adoption. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I'm in pregnancy centers and we, um, as we talk with client advocates, the one thing that they will communicate with us is that we're afraid if we share the message of adoption that they may feel that we don't think they'd make a good parent. Mm. And so being able to communicate with professionals to say, but we as professionals have to share this message. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not doing them any favors. We're actually doing them a disservice if we're not sharing the message of adoption. Mm-hmm. Maybe we perceive that that client or this patient in the hospital um, may think they wouldn't choose adoption, Mm -hmm. but maybe that's their only option. Maybe that is their cry for help and that this is a solution for themselves and their baby. Yeah. Yeah. There's a stigma out there too. Mm -hmm. You know, so many times when I've talked to some ladies, um, immediately they think of the trauma that they see in movies. Yes. And, and, (laughs) and I immediately go, you know, that's, that's, that's not the real world necessarily what we live in and give it a chance in that. Do you have, um, that comes to mind, any particular God stories uh, through, um, working with birth moms or adoptive families that you've seen God really do an amazing work in? Mm. Oh gosh, so many to count. I mean, I've been with the agency for 18 years, so it's hundreds of women that we have, you know, interacted with, but, you know, we've served um, women who have already given birth, mm-hmm. taken a baby home and made an adoption plan. Wow. Um, and I have worked with um, expectant moms who've delivered twins. I can think of one mm-hmm. case right now, the sweet um, young girl who, you know, delivered twins. I took her to the health department. She actually, um, was around 33 or 34 weeks pregnant. She fell in the health department. And so we had to take her over to the hospital. And she she didn't even know she was having twins. Wow. Guys, I remember oh the nurse coming into the waiting room. I was waiting for this client. The way the nurse said, I said, is everything okay? She said, there is, but there's a problem. And I said, well, what's the problem? She said, it's twins. And I said, well, that's wonderful news because we have multiple families that would be ready, willing, and able to parent these babies. And she just had this shock on her face as if no one, you know, would would take twins or Mm -hmm. that we wouldn't have a family for this baby. And let me give you a side note. I think a lot of times um, the perception of the church, and I get this a lot, is do you have enough homes for, you know, these babies? Let me preface this. We will always have more families willing to adopt than we will um, expect at parents that yeah. will place for adoption. Yeah. One is because they don't always understand the message of adoption or it hasn't been communicated to them during pregnancy. But we have many, many families, thankfully, mm-hmm. that are ready, willing, and able to step up for the gospel yeah. to adopt, which we are so thankful for. Right. And that, and God just weaved himself right into that situation where that family is now a part of this birth mom's life. And those twin boys are now 16 years old. Wow. And thinking about that nurse and her perception, and what if I hadn't been sitting there that day? Maybe she would have never shared the option of adoption. And adoption was definitely... Um, um, she was in a season in her life where adoption was was necessary yeah. for the boys. And so, um, you That's know, awesome. just thinking how God just orchestrated all of that. And I was 
I'm still to this day still communicating with her 16 years later. She's wow. still going to our birth mom retreat. <laughs> yes, y'all do such wonderful work for birth moms. You don't, they don't have their baby and they're forgotten. Oh, y'all, no, ma'am. y'all follow up with them so well. And you you talked about the retreat. Can you share a little oh, bit about yes. that? Oh, yes. So we're actually, this is our 25th year of hosting an annual birth mother retreat. So women who've placed a child for adoption through our agency are invited to come back every year. Typically, it's in the spring. Mm-hmm. And we just get together for a weekend. We treat these ladies to a wonderful hotel stay, dinner, um, a speaker, gifts, shopping spree. They're just treated so wonderfully. But the most important thing during this birth mother's retreat is that they're with other women who have experienced the same thing. Yeah. Even though they're all from different walks of life and different circumstances, they have one thing in common. And that is that they placed a child for adoption. Mm. And this year, for our 25th year, we are so blessed that Brave Love is coming and is going to be filming us and big, big campaign. We are very, very big at Christian Adoption Services with pre- and post-placement care for adoptive parents because Mm. we believe that they are at the center of everything that we do. Yeah, that's amazing. And adoption has come so far because I know not long ago, closed adoptions were the only option. And now you can really choose. So it just seems like such a good opportunity to share with birth moms that it doesn't have to be you give your baby away and you never see them again. It's not like that. You're just really, you're, you're letting another person pair it, but you're involved in that. You have the opportunity to to stay involved. I love that. I get up every morning to make sure that I can communicate that to as many people as I can, that adoption is not given away your child. Adoption is given to your baby. Mm -hmm. And that is what we need as the church to embrace and to give hope to these young ladies who, you know, will experience pain as they place, Mm -hmm. but know that they can see their baby and communicate with the couple. At the same time, work on rebuilding their life and doing wonderful things with their life which our agency stands to help them do. Yeah, yeah. So we know a lot of Christian families are called to adopt. I I love adoption. (laughs) You're near to my heart. (laughs) But if you are not called to adopt, what what are some ways that people can be involved in birth mother care and caring for vulnerable children? How, How can we be involved if we're not adopting right now? That is a great question. I get this question all the time. And one is that with any ministry, you want to pray. Yeah. And you want to pray specifically that the community will embrace expectant moms who choose adoption, Mm -hmm. that they will um, not feel shame in their decision of placing for adoption. Mm -hmm. So as they pray, that their heart will be softened to the message of adoption. And when they see a young lady that's pregnant and vulnerable, that, you know, they feel the need to be able to share this message. Mm -hmm. And two, um, our agency, we have fundraisers. We actually have a golf fundraiser that's coming up in April. Yeah. We love volunteers. We would need volunteers <laughs> for that. Okay. And two, listen, with any ministry, it, it takes, you know, your, your talents, <laughs> yeah. your money. Yeah. And so we love donations. Okay. And that can be in the form of... You know, the way we serve these moms is with gas cards or Uber cards because they don't sometimes have transportation. Mm -hmm. So it would be helpful if someone had the ability to donate like a $25 or $50 Uber card or be able to donate towards this birth mother retreat. Um, I will tell you that the birth mom retreat is um, quite costly. Yeah. 
Um, and so anybody that feels led to give to this retreat, just, you know, that their their money will be able to go to further share the gospel and, and take care of these women who are just in, still in vulnerable positions. Mm, yeah. So now for families that are called to adopt, how, how do they get started? What are some, do you have any advice for them? How, you know, just share, just share a little bit about that. So, yeah, so as you know, adoption can be, you know, messy and tricky and beautiful all at the same time. Um, In our agency, we have a domestic um, program and we also have an international program. Mm -hmm. And so for families who are thinking about adoption, explore first. Explore, you know, what are you open to? Um, Are you open to open adoption? Are you open to only closed adoption? Do you want the perfect blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby? You know, um, do you already have biological children, and how will that affect and grow your own family? Mm -hmm. So conversations take place with yourself and your spouse. Mm -hmm. Then you start to have those conversations with your children. Um, I suggest the book, The Open-Hearted Way to Open Adoption, um, which will give some insight about open adoption because for families who would like to adopt domestically, Mm -hmm. you really want to open yourself up to the possibility of open adoption. Mm -hmm. Like we said, this is the gospel and what a, what a better way to be able to minister to um, a vulnerable expectant mom or or your birth parent Mm -hmm. through open adoption. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so beneficial for the child too. I learned that a little bit when we were studying. Yeah. That is, so interesting. Wow. So do you have an adoption story to share with us? We heard a birth mama story, which I love, but do you have anyone that stands out to you? Um, this is something that's so beautiful that God just orchestrated a few years ago. And um, her story is on our um, website, Whitney's story. Okay. Um, so Whitney lived out in California. We don't serve birth, fam- birth parents who live in different states. Okay. But God orchestrated her to click a Google ad that our name popped up. Wow. And she called us. And guys, she um, came to live here in North Carolina. She was um, using substances. She had been from place to place. Mm -hmm. And she said that she was in a Starbucks bathroom and she took a pregnancy test. And she said at that moment, she said, from the depths of my soul, I heard God cry. You know, I cried out to God. And he just released me from the pain and the sin in my life. And she began a healing journey. And we began to help her with her journey from, you know, all across, you know, many, many states away from (laughs) the West Coast to the East Coast. And guys, it is a beautiful story of number one redemption. Mm. She's clean, sober. She's about to finish college. You know, she was in a really vulnerable spot in her life. Mm. And our agency locked arms with her and we took care of her which speaks volumes of why we do what we do Mm -hmm. because yes a that child has a wonderful stable two-parent christian home but her life is fulfilled and Mm -hmm. um you know she now lives out the gospel every day Mm, that's That's beautiful yeah so we know that cas has recently partnered with the baptist children's home to offer foster care can you speak a little bit to that i don't know i know y'all are in adoption field kind of but yeah so yeah. we um are very very big into you know baptist yeah. children's home that is what we do yeah and so it it is um baptist children's home mission to get into the churches to recruit families who are a christian mm-hmm. um stable two-parent married couples to foster these children yeah you know guys we've got a crisis in north carolina right now and we need great wonderful foster homes i mean foster care is busting at the seams yeah 
And so to be able to, you know, bring in Christian families, and I've seen this in a couple of counties, in Nash County, hopefully yeah. we will, you know, be able to have some wonderful families that just say yes to a child. Yeah. Even if it's for a short period of time, I think sometimes families are reluctant to bring a child into their home because it's temporary, but we have to be obedient to the Lord no matter what time frame. Even though um, the uncertainties, you know, may lie ahead, um, you know, God wants us to be able to minister to these kids. It might be a short period of time. It may may turn into, you know, a foster to adopt. We don't know. But being able to say yes in the church is first and foremost important. Yeah, yeah. So caring for vulnerable children through adoption and foster care, it's messy, but <laughs> yes. it is, it's worth it, isn't it? it? Is. You it see is. the Lord's hand just working in this, so we want to join him, join him in it, but yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for being here and sharing your heart with us. We are, we're thankful for CAS, and we're excited to see where the Lord has us and I'm grateful that we have a resource that yeah. we can um, uh, point people to hope. Yeah, absolutely. That mm-hmm. is what our whole mission is about is hope. Yeah. Awesome. That's beautiful. You want to close this out in prayer, Karen? I will. All right. Lord, thank you so much that you care for each one of us and that um, you care for these precious little babies that um, whose mamas have chosen life for them, who've carried them, and then you've just carried them along the way and placed them in in families through adoption. And I just pray that um, as as you work in these these women's lives, these babies' lives, that we'll just join you in, in that mission. Um, thank you for the hope that, that we can experience through you. And I pray that we'll communicate that with, with everyone around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. so much for joining us today. We know there are other podcasts to listen to, and we are humbled that you chose Hopefield Conversations. If you enjoyed our conversation today, we invite you to subscribe. If you found our conversations helpful, or if you would like to share comments with Jody or Carolyn, you may email them at hfc at englewoodbaptist.com. If you need to talk with a pastor at our church, please email next at englewoodbaptist.com. Once again, thank you for spending time with us today.